Good evening, you fantastic and glorious degenerates of this floating rock that we call Earth. Welcome to the Cajun Libertarian Live. I am your host, the Cajun Libertarian, and tonight we have an always amazing episode and frequent and special guest and friend of mine, Jason Lyon, the Beard of Truth, Mr. America. Please, if you ain't following him, go follow him on Twitter specifically and everywhere else. Dude is amazing always fantastic and i'm proud to be able to have somebody like this on my show often so tune in as we tackle some absolutely controversial hot button topics and also some current events we have an hour so who knows we might get one topic we might get five but don't miss one second next on the cajun libertarian live right now Yes, indeed. Welcome back to the Cajun Libertarian Live. I am your host, the Cajun Libertarian. Uh, already got a lot of comments rolling in, a lot of likes. So before we get this banged out, amazing conversation that I'm going to have with my good friend, Jason, Mr. America, the Beard of Truth, let's give you an insight of what's going on in Pennsylvania. Joe Solosky, that's who's going on in Pennsylvania. J-O-E-S-O-L-O-S-K-I. Joe Solosky, the key to Pennsylvania's success. If you want another option in Pennsylvania for governor, go check out Joe Solosky. And Nicole Schultz, who's running for lieutenant governor, is the key to Joe Solosky's success. Key to Pennsylvania, Joe. Key to Joe, Nicole. Go check them out. Do it, do it now. And also, do you like guns? I like guns. I like a lot of guns. I got one right here, right? Okay. Hope this doesn't get the show banned. Shouldn't. Uh, but if you do, go check them out. Gap Armory. GapArmory.com. They sell all of your quintessential needs in regards to firearms and firearm pieces. They are giving you every option that you need for printing 3D guns, which is also amazing. Fantastic. Gap Armory. That's GapArmory.com. Calm. Go check them out. Do it, do it now. Now, without further ado, let's bring on my man, friend, and absolutely incredible, knowledgeable person, Jason Lyon. Mr. Merck of the Beard of Truth. What's up, bro? Hey, man. Uh, thanks for having me back. And uh, thanks for getting the show banned. First 10 seconds, it's fine. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like it should be good, right? Like, as far as I know, like TikTok's the only one that bans any sort of firearms and by the way this is just an airsoft gun right so yeah put that out there. i think it's just for fun if you stream if you stream to twitch at all twitch will also perma ban you like instantly they no it, it, but 
Yeah, no, it's 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 one of those weird things. It's like, oh, you can't protect yourself. Like, I think somebody got swatted one time and they got perma banned for it. It's like, it was a police officer carrying a gun. You can't even trust the police with guns. What kind of what kind of gun grabbers are you guys advocating for here? All of the gun grabbers. That's it. All All of them. them. They just don't want any of it. Even the government can't (laughs) have it. It's fine. They'll protect you with it. Luckily enough for me, this is just a toy gun. It's for airsoft, so it's all good. Hashtag airsoft should be fine. Um, okay, so I, 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 I might have lied there. I might have not. <laughs> Who knows, internet? Maybe. Now Maybe that not. now that we have like a potential documented lie on the books, uh, when are you running for office? I think that's the next one, right? That's the next step. Okay, I will, I will give you an exact answer on when I am running for office. The day that I can confirm without a shadow of a doubt that I will run a campaign efficiently and effectively and not waste one single cent of a donator's penny, I will run for office. But until like that it. day comes, it's off the board. I will not I like waste it one cent of anybody's donations on running for office if i don't think i can win i like it that's a that's a solid strategy most people are like oh you know i'm gonna run in the next election it's like well that's a terrible idea but that's fine so <laughs> see at least you care that's that's what's important you care Ugh. well money is money is freaking important okay and in especially right now right that's why i quit running ads for uh selling merch and, and donating to to my specific brand is because everybody's really short on money, or at least maybe I'm self-projecting. I know a lot of us are, right? And if you're not very rich or upper class, inflation is killing you right now. And so I'm not going to ask you for money that I can't know that I will invest into your best interest. And that, that's just a very big principle of mine. That's why I get asked to run for office all the time. I will not. Because I do not want one single cent of somebody's money being wasted on me. And that's just maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong on that. Right. Tell me I may be, but it's my principle. And as of right now, I'm standing by it. It sounds like you might be a fiscal libertarian, if you will. I'm not going to waste money. <laughs> That's crazy. It's crazy. You go, you don't see that from the Republicans and Democrats. They just flaunt their money. They throw it around. But yep. li- us libertarians, we're like, we ain't got much to begin with. So uh, I'm going to exactly. pinch these pennies. I'm going to make them last. Exactly. And we have to, right? If we actually care about people, then why would we waste their money on an election race that we know we're not going to at least have a massive impact on. Now, okay, I'm okay with that. I do believe that in the right setting, at the right time, I could probably make a pretty good impact and do some effectual change. Now is not that time, so I am not going to waste a single cent on anybody. That's a a small mistake. Yeah, no, I'm I'm in the same boat. It's not gonna it's not gonna be any time soon that I'll I'll be running for office. It probably never will. Um, I think I think uh, <laughs> us behind the microphone might be a good spot for us. You know, making making totally changes through the airwaves. So I, I I completely agree. I think that uh, the influence that we have with people that do in certain districts and areas have a chance at making a massive impact. We can promote them. We can support them. We can uh, drive them. And that's much more valuable to me than me personally running for office, uh, despite the fact that I absolutely hate the idea 
So there's that too. My justification is I don't want to waste people's money. <laughs> the real yeah. reason is probably that I, I absolutely have contempt for running for office. Um, we'll see where it goes. I have no idea. Yep. So let me ask you, how are you, man? How has been thing? How, how have things been going? Things have been amazing, scary, daunting, the works. I mean, I could throw a thesaurus at you and it wouldn't have enough words in there to, to cover how things have been. I mean, you know, as we look out at, at America right now, we're, of course, going to dive into this later on if we have time. <laughs> we, we're still in the so. intro here. But, you know, to have the Ministry of Truth actually be enacted, <laughs> it, it, if that's a referendum of, of how good America is doing right now, oh, man, we're, we're in a good time. Yeah, it's um, it is nothing short of crazy to watch, right? I mean, like this is I, I've tweeted about this before. You know, uh, 1984, Animal House, uh, Saul Solinsky's Rule for Radicals, etc., etc., etc. These things were not supposed to be a DIY government project. These were warnings. And yes. they've literally taken them on full stop. That is just 100%. Oh, yeah, we're going to do it that way. I mean, it's insane. But, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping we do get on to that um, a little later. We probably, I guess we'll just go ahead and get on to it now. So uh, it's a good transition right into it. So <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, I mean, very well said. So they literally created this the uh this department this is in the department of homeland security for those that you do not know uh this is a bureaucracy let's make that known first and foremost it is a bureaucracy of unelected officials okay nobody hired these people that were voted on you the voter didn't vote on this this is hired by the government as bureaucrats, which means that the only way you could possibly uh, dismantle it and correct, you you know more about this I do. The only way you can dismantle it or, or course correct or just end it or hold these people accountable is by the people that we kind of elected to fire them. Yeah. No, absolutely. And and so if you guys are looking for more information, it's the Disinformation Governance Board, a.k.a. The Ministry of Truth. And so through this, um, what you have is you have the Department of Homeland Security, Alejandro uh, Americas. Um, Correct. He just instilled uh, Nina Jankowicz. Uh, Jankowicz. Um, and, and what's great about her and what's phenomenal about her is I just tweeted a picture uh, of a tweet that she had. Um, just a complete left wing slant at everything going on. If you guys uh, are familiar with the lips of TikTok and, and that circumstance, the uh, the aggressor in that situation, the doxer of the lips of TikTok, the journalist, if you will, um, she she you know fully supports the doxing and everything else, and she's a victim because she got some blowback for the disgusting things ah. that she did. Um, so you have somebody that's incredibly left wing running the the Ministry of Truth. So expect if you say things like government is bad, uh, if you give an opinion on government, uh, that will be flagged harshly. We've seen in the past where the White House has already come out. Um, Paskey's already said that, you know, uh, 
they were going on a Facebook post and they were tagging things to give Facebook and be like, Hey, you guys need to check this stuff out. Knowing that, you know, and, and certainly here on the show, you've heard Cajun talk so much about uh, the disinformation that government had during COVID, but they were out there just saying, no, 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 what we say is true. And then six months later, when Cajun and everyone else was correct on, on all of the, the shtick that that's around it, they just move on to the next thing. That's not true either. And so, you know, yep. as, as conspiracy theorists have the fastest record time of conspiracy to reality, <laughs> Uh, they're sprinting to the next thing to try to disprove it. And now they actually have a governance board that will just print this full, full, you know, it, it's going to print more than the, the inflation machine over there at the federal reserve. Um, it's, yep. it's going to be incredible. Um, and I'm looking at this and, and you can watch the first day it came out, Republicans were upset and it's like, all right, you guys are on the right side of this. The next day, they were like, who do you want to appoint when the Republicans come in power? It's like, you guys <laughs> missed the whole thing. And and so this is what it really is going to come down to. It's a matter of who's in, who's in power. They get to set the agenda. It's it's that playbook. Yeah. It's that blueprint that you're talking about. Now government gets to tell you what when you're right and when you're wrong, regardless of the facts, regardless of the truth, regardless of what's actually out there. It's all going to be propaganda. If you don't propagandize the government, if you don't support the government with its propaganda, then clearly you're a liar you know maybe we'll move down the path of china and have social credit scores you lied too much and now you can't buy a car you'd lied too much now you can't pay your rent now you lied too much yep. now you can't even access your bank accounts it's it's an yep. insane world that we're living in yeah no question and that's why i brought up uh the china situation on muddy waters media as a call-in anchor call-in not too long ago it's a kind of you know i understand it's a communist country but if we're not careful please believe Without a shadow of a doubt, if they could show up at your door and not get possibly shot in the face, we would be Shanghai right now. They would mm -hmm. weld us into our homes and we would be the ones having literal uh, robots, drones being flown into our windows telling us to, quote, curb your desires, curb your soul's desires for freedom. Yeah. Right. And so as we look at what's happening right now, this ministry of truth, that's really what it is. We like to toss around a lot of 1984 terminology, but hell, it's freaking applicable. OK, and this is what this is. This is a blatant violation of uh, First Amendment rights. And you're talking about the number one, the number. And I will never relent from this. I'll die on this hill. This government is the number one purveyor of mis, dis, and malinformation. But they're the ones that are going to keep gatekeep the damn truth. Get out of here. No, what they want is an agenda. And that agenda yes. cannot be pushed forward without voices silenced, without the truth being silenced. Because everybody knows at this point that if the dissenting opinion of especially the last two and a half years or so uh, had their way and had an actual voice, their narrative would completely unravel and fall apart. The only reason it is kept intact at this point is by a handful of cultists and censorship. 
Yeah. And, and uh, you mentioned the drones. And so I want to, <laughs> this is really hard for me to say. I agree <laughs> with Joe Biden on something. Um, if you don't want those thugs and those thugs being dro uh, the drones, you need to go buy a shotgun. And I hope <laughs> you guys all know that song, but go buy a shotgun. And that's just your anti-drone repellent. Uh, or your drone repellent. <laughs> Take care of the drones. Don't worry about it. That's the only reason why you need a shotgun. I mean, yeah, have a shotgun for home defense or whatever kind of weapon you would choose. Um, figure out what's best for your property, your size, and everything else. Um, but mean. but at the least, have a shotgun for them drones. Um, but but you're yeah, absolutely yeah. right on that on that narrative. I mean, um, for a uh, an organization for an administration such as the Biden administration to come out in patently false information routinely. Um, we're talking about a, uh, a president who, Oh man, I, can anybody count how many times we've had incoherent speeches from him? How many times he's talked about no. uh, supporting no. Russia in this uh, in the no. Russia Ukraine of incident? Can we talk about how many times he's gotten um, inflation completely wrong? Uh, consumer spending? How many times he said that um, three hundred fifty uh, billion dollars of spending is not going to count towards debt? Um, you know, right. this is this is an organization or an administration that is is built up entirely on falsehoods and lies. And and I'm glad that they think that they've got such a grapple on it. They they know what lies are so well that they can tell us when it's not a lie. Um, I just now, there's it, no hope there. Now, yeah, to me, it, it's a it's a absolute byproduct. Very much a correlation of causation of this administration fully believing that the vast majority is on board and embraces the progressive left idea. Now, I fully understand that whoever's pulling the strings behind the scenes probably knows this, but they took a page out of Obama's book. So y'all remember now, okay? Obama said that the only thing that he, he I, won't, I won't say only thing, but one of the things that he felt that his administration got wrong was that they didn't just push through their agenda fast enough. Yes. Okay. Regardless of the repercussions, they weren't worried. This administration is clearly not concerned about the repercussions so long as they can push through their agenda as fast and hard as possible. And I believe that one of those reasons is because they fully understand that the only way to truly combat this is through litigation. And they know that the courts take forever. So by the time that this can be reconciled in the favor of the people, which the vast majority of us do not consent to, look at mm -hmm. the Biden's poll numbers are the worst in the history. And that's effing saying something following Trump. That's incredible. And yeah, I don't, I don't know what to say about that. They, they don't care. They're going to push it through as fast as possible, regardless of the repercussions. So what is it that we're missing? Why do they continue to do so? Well, I, I think that they also have uh, something else that's in their in, in their powers right now. And as abysmal as Biden's approval rating is, there's somebody who has even lower of an approval rating. And that's <laughs> if they pull that 25th Amendment, Kamala or 
uh, Kamala, Kamala Harris has an even lower approval rating. She's standing around and, and while he has no idea where he is, she's uncomfortable because she's never been in this kind of power without having to sleep her way up to it. So she's, she's stuck. And, and of course you go, well, we could just get rid of her. Well, you got Nancy Pelosi who she's quickly moving the same way as Joe Biden is on, on being incapable of, of having a cognitive thought, um, be pushed out. So we've got two tiers, two layers behind uh, Biden. And so the best thing that you could do is just hope that the incompetency continues. Hope that um, if you're a Democrat, hope that the incompetency continues, but hope that he can also push through all this stuff. And as you said, yeah. while while in the interim, between the time of when this stuff gets implemented and the time that it gets struck down by the court, so we're talking a year, two years, um, Yep. That you have businesses following in these these ways that you kind of force it into the market and you make it a cultural norm. And and so we've seen this in, through so many different things. I mean, just recently we had the airplanes. Um, if you were on, a, uh, on an airplane, you now don't have to wear a mask. That was shut down in court and the, and the Biden administration goes, hey, that makes sense. Uh, we're not going to fight this because they knew right. it was wrong. Everybody knew it was wrong. There was no there was no constitutional authority given to them on this ground. Yeah. It's just the same as the Ministry of Truth. Um, so we're sitting here and and we know that it's wrong. We know that it's terrible. And it sucks to see that, you know, both the duopoly realize that this is just a political tool for when they come to power. And of course, we know that pendulum is swinging. So that's why, you know, we got to get engaged. We got to get involved. We got to do like what there's a county that's coming up that uh, you know, we'll talk about it um, as we get some more more notes on that. But, you know, we got to start taking the fight to them and we got to start making a difference because our time here on Earth under a quote unquote semi peaceful uh, society that's going away quickly as this government continues yes, to grow in the way that it is. Yes, we got to uh, do something wholeheartedly agree on that last part. One thousand percent. I'm going to re. um I'm going to circle back Saki to that. But I will say that I was quite astonished that the uh, Biden administration, they did have the clairvoyance and, you know, the wherewithal to see that this airplane masking situation was not a winning battle. That's going to be like the only thing I'm going to give them credit for, even though they're probably still going to push back on it. But initially, it was like, okay, look, we understand that most Americans are probably done with this. We shouldn't even mess with this any further. Let's just let it die. That would have been the best case scenario. In fact, the best case scenario would have been for Biden to come out with his administration back in where are we at right now. We're in uh, we're in April. He could have come yep. back. He, he could have come out in February. Right before the State of the Union address, well, technically January, because we've never seen a, a State of the Union address postponed like this before. There's obvious reasons for that. But <laughs> regardless of that, uh, they could have come out and said, hey, look, we defeated COVID. And now that wouldn't have been patently true. It would not have been objectively true, but it would have been bought. And yeah. those of us that even know that was a lie would have been like, yeah, whatever, dude. That's fine. Just just quit the nonsense. I, I, at this point, I don't care. Just quit the nonsense. But I still want people held accountable. That was one of the few things that I've seen them pull off or should have pulled off 
and be like, hey, this is going to work. Instead, they did not do that. They extended it on airplanes. And then when the time came, they got one pushback from a judge. Yep. And then, boom, they ended it. Now they're saying they're gonna they're, they're gonna test it and, and, and bring it back, but I, I I don't believe that for a second because these people are spiraling, and, and so that that's kind of where I actually wanted to lead off with. And this is maybe a softball question, but trust me, I'm going somewhere with this. How much do you think, Jason, that the Democrats are going to get absolutely just obliterated? in november how much should they be absolutely obliterated they shouldn't have a chance in, in the snowball hell of winning um but i think you know we recently covered over there on muddy waters media the approval ratings of biden uh, kamala and then the republican party and the democrat party and the republican party even though it's been in the minority is getting blamed for all of this shtick that's going to be interesting. And now that we have also the lessening and the uh, loosening of COVID restrictions, that's going to weigh on the people's minds as well. And depending on how they can spin the inflation, they're probably going to lose votes on that. I, I think that it's really going to depend on where people are getting their information from. I hope that Democrats don't win ever again. I hope the Republicans never win again. I know that we're stuck Amen. between those two. Um, but you know, I, I think that I think Republicans will, will take back. Um, it, it's, it's a, a historical almost certainty that your first term in office, the opposing side takes over in the midterms. And so I, I you know, I, I'm going to lean on that history. I'm going to lean on, on um, the economy and the way that it is. I think that Democrats are going to lose the majority. I don't know by how much though. Yeah. Um, I think that the Republicans will take the house easily and there's going to be a battle. Oh yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll let it slide. No worries. I'll let it slide. Uh, Phoenix. Yeah, that's fine. My microphone is covering up my beard. My beard is black, and I do my own trimming, unlike Mr. Merck of the Beard of Truth, but we'll let it ride. That is a nice beard, Jason. Thank you, Phoenix. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what I think is that um, here's what uh, – let me say this. Here's what I really want, and here's what I actually expect, and I expect this from about two, maybe three. I'm hoping three or more libertarian candidates i do fully believe that this november will be the first time that libertarians are elected to congress <laughs> and so yeah i know but there's some districts that have absolutely massive potential now yeah there are been there have been some circumstances to and i won't I won't go into that because i'm not trying to have that talk uh, it's despicable, but there are certain circumstances in these districts within these districts that it may be a little bit more difficult now because of what the literal LP has done to itself. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but I do think that we're going to see at least one libertarian elected to Congress, barring the fact that the, the, the freaking infighting and destruction caused too the much damage. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. Circus. 
And so we'll see what happens in November. But let me let me tell you the reason that I asked that, okay, is because just what was it yesterday, maybe the day before, Joe Biden said something which literally meant he doubled down on rhetoric that lost almost the, I think the entire yes. Virginia house. Yes. Okay? Yes. This is remarkable to me. He literally lost the state of Virginia overnight over rhetoric saying that kids should not have their parents in say on what's happening in their lives. And then yep. Joe Biden just doubled down on it like a day or two ago saying, and I quote, well, I, I probably shouldn't say that. Pretty much a quote. Okay. Uh, you teachers, that's why you're here. It was like a, in a bunch of school teachers that were elected teachers of the year or something like that. These aren't somebody else's kids when they're in your classroom. They're your kids. Yes. Please double down on that, Democrats. <laughs> You've already gotten demolished because of it. And now you're continuing this rhetoric of people's children are not their children. They are children of the state, which is a, that's blatantly obvious what he's saying there. They're not other people. He literally said they're not someone else's children while they're, they're in your, your classroom. Children. They're yours. Okay, mm. this is communist talk 101. The children don't belong to the parents. They belong to the state. And we just witnessed that the entire state of Virginia flipped from blue to red overnight yep. because of this talk. It's amazing. So we're looking on a, on a national stage right now. We're talking about school choice and uh, got to give big props to Corey DeAngelis. If you guys aren't following him on Twitter, if Absolutely. you're not following him on Facebook, go give this man a follow. You're going to feel the season of winning. You're going to, you're going to see as new legislation comes out as schools or as uh, governments, both uh, state level and at the federal level, uh, when schools actually decide to fund students not the systems yep. when we when we see that unschooling is winning when we see that homeschool is winning when we see that charter schools are, are beating out the public sector when we see private schools beating out the public sector these are all things that are getting our kids away from these private or from the public schools which i just shorthand it they're the indoctrination camps when when you have teachers that believe that they are your kids when your kids are their kids that it, it, it's it makes parents feel irate they're saying the quiet thing out loud they're telling you exactly what it is that they're doing they want to tell your kids how to live their lives how to structure themselves how to act how to behave and there's no longer a role and responsibility of the parents and if you're a parent go ahead and go down to your school board listen in on their meetings go and get engaged in your school board figure out what's being taught in your schools because right now I can almost guarantee you that you're going to be livid when you find out just of how school systems are treating your kids. This is, you know, for my kid, uh, you know, we were fortunate enough that, you know, she got accepted into a charter school. Um, it is publicly funded, so it, it, it's it's accessible for us. Um, 
but there's no way in hell I could ever take my kids back to a private school. We're driving 45 minutes a day one way to get her there because wow. that's how driven we are to not have her go to a public school. Um, you know, I've been I've been working on on school choice uh, legislation for a while here in South Carolina. And, you know, depending on what state you're in, you may already have something called an education scholarship account. You may already have tax credit scholarships, but these are ways to help families that are. Um, not financially capable of taking their kids out of public schooling and taking them elsewhere. So depending on your state, you guys can reach out to me. Feel free to find me on Facebook, on Twitter, Mr. Bearded Truth on Twitter. Um, I would love to help help you find out what's, what's going to be best for your kids. Um, but at the end of the day, when they say the quiet thing out loud, you have to listen to them. You have to understand that these this is not like a slip of the tongue. This is something that was, no. you know, as you pointed out, this was Virginia. This was, um, there was, um, there was a woman, I, I think she was from uh, Michigan. She deleted the tweet after about four hours of getting absolutely dragged by the entire world. Um, but she was talking about it and, and she's like, you know, if you can't afford to take your kids elsewhere, it sucks to suck. And it's just like, no, you we have to be able to give our kids the best opportunity. And, and what's, what's amazing about this is that public schools feel like a one size fits all hat. Well, every kid has a different size dome piece. Every kid has different needs. Every kid has different desires. And so you have to be able to tailor those things. And that's something you won't get in the public schools. That's why we have to have school choice. That's why you need to follow Corey DeAngelis. That's why you need to get plugged in and, and change the world. Um, through the education, one of the most important pillars of every life. Yeah, 1,000, 1,000% agree. Now, I'll tell, I'll give you a real-life example. Ours, my family right here, right now. We have chosen to live a lesser lifestyle, okay? And, and just to give you all a straight-up facts, because I've always been transparent. Hopefully, I will always be transparent. That's one of my biggest goals. I make $39,500 a year. That thirty nine point five is specific for tax reasons from my boss, right? So, I'm, But let's just say I, I make $40,000 a year. That's what I do. We chose to utilize a lesser lifestyle. We live in a much more modest home in much more modest reasons just so that I can, or we can, I'm sorry, uh, keep our kids at home. Because this is how, I, I just want to give you guys some gravity as to how much we have disdain for the public education system. We can't afford the private education system, even if we were dual works, right? If, it, yeah. if it, dual careers, it still wouldn't work for us. But um, so we decided to minimize our lifestyle and do everything that we can to keep our kids out of this public education system. Because what we're seeing every day that goes along, and this is one of the beauties of, look, I'm not a fan of the Ryan DeSantis bills as of late, yeah. the couple of them. I'm just not. I'm not a fan of legislation. I think a lot of these answers are solved or questions are solved with deregulation okay yes that's my stance on it i don't think you need to pour legislation on top of legislation i think you need to re uh deregulate some of these things and offer school choice 
Why are we making parents force their kids into a school based on their address? That's ridiculous yeah. to me. So you wouldn't actually have to uh, sign legislation and create legislation that would say um, the state of the, the Floridians of the state, which, hey, that's he's doing what he thinks is best for his Floridians, which they all agree on. I want this being taught to my kids in school. So yeah, let's ban it. Okay. All right. Fine. I, I don't agree with that. I don't think anything, anything should be banned. I think you should say, let's deregulate the government out of schools and allow parents to say, I like this curriculum. I don't like that curriculum. I like this teacher. I don't like that teacher. So let me spend my money where I want it to go. That's the freaking answer. Not more yeah. laws. But with that being said, there is a net positive to what Ron DeSantis has been doing. And that net positive is, is that he's creating a competition. He, he, he has sharpened his teeth. And let's be real. The progressive left has really sharpened the teeth of its political en enemies as of late. And now yeah. it's being all exposed. And like you said uh, earlier, libs of TikTok which is actually an amazing account because all they do is take uh, these far left. And I hate the term lives of TikTok because these people aren't liberals, y'all. They're not yeah. liberals. Liberals are people that say live and let live. These aren't liberals. These are progressive authoritarians. Any blood call uh, a red blooded liberal will now be either libertarian are far left leaning Republicans because the Democrat Party has left them. There are no liberals in the Democrat Party anymore. So I hate that term libs of TikTok. Sorry, that's just a, a so yeah, no, point. no, it's I had it's, to touch on it. It's accurate. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, it's, it's true. It's, but all they do, it, all they did on lips of TikTok was they would just take TikTok videos and then retweet it. And bring it to yep. the other people. And that's yep. all that it took for people to get upset. You just shine a little sun, sunlight on the disease and the disease goes crazy. It's like, huh, well, if your ideas don't work standing by themselves, maybe they don't work. Like, no, got to get offended, got to get upset, got to start doxing people. It's crazy. It's insane, right? Because all Libs of TikTok account did would show you what the progressive left movement is really saying, which they're promulgating. So it makes no sense that they're getting upset about it because you're literally spewing this agenda. And they say, okay, well, fine. You're going to say that people aren't actually doing it or saying it? Well, here's some folks on TikTok live videos that are. They put it out there, and then boom, we have to shut that down. When I say we, I mean the uh, the progressive Marxist left authoritarians. I don't know what to call them anymore, really. That's why I call them progressive authoritarians, because there really is no other terminology. And that's even wrong, right? Because this isn't progress. It should be no. regressive authoritarians. Yeah. Because we're moving in the wrong direction with these people. It's absolutely insane. If I could, I, one of my favorite videos I've ever seen on them that they had retweeted, Libs of TikTok, was a girl who shows up and, and uh, forgive me, I only have a $2 bill, um, which is getting donated what? to my state chapter uh, from somebody. But yeah, so uh, she holds up a two, it was a two pound and, or a one pound and like a 20 pound. 
Um, she was British. Um, and she goes, you know, the only difference between these is what's printed on them. And so, like, why don't we just print more of these and less of these? And um, then we can also just stop the inflation. Just deflate it. Just let it not inflate. It's okay. It's going to be okay. Like, you guys are smart. You guys can do this. Print more of these. Print less of these. And don't let them inflate. <laughs> this is the kind of thing that you just retweet. And then people go, that person is really educated. They understand fiscal policy. They understand how money is made. They understand a lot of things. But it's, it's oh. So it's things like that that just make you go, I'm okay with somebody just retweeting that. That's not a doxable offense. I'm, I'm not a fan of doxing by any means no. either way. But um, it was things like that that just go, what the hell are you thinking? <laughs> oh, you were. That's great. Right, right, exactly. This is, and again, okay. So going back to what we were just talking about, this is an absolute direct product and resolution of what the public education system has done since the 60s. This is this fault, okay? Yeah. This is why we don't outsource our education and our technical our technical skills or any of this to the government. This is why, because yeah. you have literally swaths of a generation now regurgitating this, which is completely and objectively bad economic policy. This yeah. is the result. I will say this. I know it, 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 there's more to it than that. I understand. But I will, I will gladly and proudly say 95% of what you just said is a direct is a direct result of the public education system. Yeah. And and it's amazing. Um I love how we talked about absolutely nothing when it came to education before we got onto the show. But uh, but when we right? look at when we look at the national education. Um I think it was uh 71, somebody fact checked me. 81, 71, one of those two. But regardless, the Federal Department of Education was enacted. And uh, since then Seven. Test scores have been kind of wishy-washy um, for their metrics that they're measuring, but literacy rates have been continuing to decline. So that means yeah. that if you guys are activists in your area, if you guys go get involved in your school boards, you guys go get involved in your county council, you find ways of cutting off the ties from the federal department of education. You can nullify them for your school district. You can nullify them for your county. You can nullify them even for your state. These are things that you can when you nullify that money, that money is only coming with strings being attached. And so the Damn. federal department of education says, here's, uh, here's $10,000 for a kid. Um, but you have to do this. You have to do that. You have to do this, that, and the other. I don't want your money. I'm not listening to you. There's nothing that they can do to stop you. The federal department of education is not something that is, uh, right constitutional thomas massey i think has a bill 3399 i believe it was house bill 3399 mm -hmm. and is one line long it says the federal department of education will be dissolved at december 23rd to 2022 he puts this up every year he's got a co-sponsor this year so it's fantastic um but they really need to rile up support for that because at the end of the day what we're looking at in our education system is abject failure um, you know, no kid, no kid left behind act from, from Bush was, it was a terrible thing where it's just like, well, we gotta, 
slam every every kid together in the same classroom and and make sure that the the slowest kid is able to be successful well the kids that are ahead the kids that are advanced are going to become bored they're going to become disenfranchised from the from the school system and they were dropping out some of those kids are smart enough to where they can go off and be successful some of the kids just dropped out and then never did anything with their lives and so when we look at the education system it's something that has been failing so many of the kids and i'm not just saying it's just uh, George W. That, that has failed our education system. No, it has been every president. It has been every administration. Yes. And it's going to be continuing until they decide that finally maybe a little decentralization where the people who actually care about your kids, uh, i.e. the people in your community, because that's who they're going to benefit in the long run, when they have more control over somebody in D.C. Um, I lost my train of thought on that. But... At the oh, end of the good. day, like this is this is where we have to look at this. Is, you have to look at the local level. That's where you can get yes. imparted. That's where you can make the biggest impact. Oh, that's where it was. Um, one of the most pivotal things that I've ever seen when it came to, to education was I went down to sit in my Senate um, here in South Carolina. And during the hearings, they had public comments. And there was a, a young man, not a young man, he was probably late 40s, early 50s. He goes up and one line from his speech resonates with me every single day that I talk about education. And um, he asked, there's 11 senators sitting there listening. And he said, can anyone tell me my children's names? And after mm. a couple moments, he mm. said, if you guys don't know my child's name, how do you know what's best for them when it comes to education? A freaking men. Just, they don't. Just, yeah, just let that sit in your mouth for a minute. Just taste that. If they don't know your kid's name, how are they to determine what is best for your kid? Imagine, imagine if this was healthcare. Imagine a doctor sitting in Washington, D.C. saying, you know what? All you need is some ibuprofen, some water, and walk it off. I just lost my foot. Nah, it's fine. I'm in the military. Ibuprofen, water. <laughs> I'm sure you, you've given that out a couple times. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but that's really what we're looking at. And put that in the perspective of healthcare because everyone values healthcare. Education system is just as important, if not more. Correct. I would say more. I'd say more. But, I, you know, what you said right there is absolutely spot on. Spot on. You're looking at the same corruption corruption, and the same deterioration of a very similar system that we had in our system that is completely damn near just absolutely gone. Healthcare and education. Two of the worst things to happen in our country, 100% because of government interventionism, 100%. Yes. No question, full stop. There's no, there's no gray area. I, I, it floors me. And you know what? I talk to Marxists all the time. Like I'm not afraid to mix it up with them. Let's talk about it. And this is what blows my mind. They fully acknowledge that the government is corrupt, inept, incompetent, cannot fulfill these things but they advocate for more of it yeah they just need more money that was my oh um they don't need more money they need to allocate their funds better sorry go ahead yeah no it, it, this is, 
we dabbled a little bit in healthcare, so I got to bring that one up too, uh, because yeah. I love health. Um, you know, having a conversation with, with people, you know, left of center, like even what we would consider to be a little bit bigger government than liberals, um, you know, having the conversation of healthcare, and they're like, you know, we just need Medicare for all. We need, um, you know, universal healthcare, those kinds of things, right? We just need to mimic the Nordic countries, Canada, et cetera, et cetera. And I say, um, so what's the problem with the VA, right? We have 22 veterans per day committing suicide right now. We have, uh, we have veterans every year going in committing suicide in protest inside the, the waiting rooms, inside the parking lots of the VA centers to say that we are not getting treated. We are not being taken care of. And it's like, who runs the VA? Oh, it's the government. That's crazy. Bernie Sanders ran that a couple of years back, right? These are government officials that are running this, that are advocating for more control over your healthcare, that are showing that they can't even handle a small, mere 3% of the population through the healthcare system, but they, but we want to see people accelerated over to a hundred percent and expect even the same standards would be uh, astonishing. No, this is going to be a market decrease. What we're going to see is we're going to see more people dying. We're going to see longer wait times. We're going to see uh, higher costs, which you won't see directly. It'll be coming through your taxes because we don't pay enough taxes as it is, you know, with the 60, uh, okay. 40 to 50% uh, effective tax rate. And, and what you're going to see is less accessible healthcare. We're already seeing that from bills like uh, certificate of need laws, which are, I believe, still in 35 states in D.C., where government's controlling how many healthcare providers you can have in your area. Yep. And, and so you're exactly right. This has always been a matter of how, too much government regulations, too much control, too much centralization. And, and the answer, the solution. Now, I'm not, a, I'm not a huge fan of saying solutions on things, but the solution to a lot of the problems that we face here in America, it's just getting the government's damn greedy hands out of our, our cookie jar. Yeah. Yeah. And, and not even just that I'll double down on the fact that it's not just about their hands in our cookie jar. It's about their hands in every cookie jar. And, and some of that is going to be because they, I, I do believe that a lot of these government officials and bureaucrats, they really do think that they're, doing the right thing and that's more dangerous than somebody who is nefarious and knows that they're doing evil it's the, the most nefarious tyranny um for the most part or maybe of all is the tyrant that thinks that they're actually doing good for people by crushing the throats of everyone else yes I mean, uh, hell's path with the, the, the road of good intentions, you know, uh, you can have the best intentions and, and we could break down all the legislation that's come through. And it's like, yeah, that there was good intentions there. But the problem is, is when you look at, when you take, uh, the first semester of an economics class, you go, this is going to end terribly. And then sure enough, six months later, you're like, Hey, it's ending terribly. Could you guys no? Okay, you guys are yeah. gonna keep it. That's fine. Whatever. You guys just keep destroying our lives. We'll just keep on being uh, sheep amongst you, um, because that's yeah. that's all that we're stuck being able to do. And so, you know, we got to find ways of of breaking out of breaking out of the system, working within our communities to be able to provide these things. And thankfully, there's when it comes to healthcare, there are cash practices that aren't regulated right. the same way that you yes. would if you get yes. health insurance. 
But the problem is, is you're paying cash. Somebody who's making $50,000, $60,000, they're likely to not be able to afford that. Now imagine somebody yeah. who's like $40,000, $30,000. They're stuck using a system that's entirely broken. And and it, it's, it's, it's gut-wrenching. It's heartbreaking to right. see this happen time and time again. And we, we sit there and we advocate, you know, across all 50 states, we have advocates going out there talking about lives being destroyed in this. And their answer is more of the problem will be the solution. Hmm. It's insanity. That's, that, that's well said. Yeah. And I, I know that we could talk about this for freaking hours, hours, <laughs> because you and I are like, on the same epping wavelength on it. So I won't spend too much more time on it, but maybe beating a dead horse, but just to bring it back to simple terms and, and what you said, this is one of the biggest issues that we have within the medical field is certificate of need laws. If, um, if practitioners were allowed to exercise their right to treat people with their own medicine, with their own accord and their own pricing without government interference, you would see an explosion of doctor's offices and emergency rooms all over the country that would treat you for pennies on the dollar. Pennies yeah. on the dollar. If the government wasn't involved. I know a lot of people are going to say like, well, but if the government wasn't involved, well, then they could do X, Y, or Z. Well, guess what? They're going to do X, Y, or Z anyway. And now they have government protection. Yeah, malpractice is one of the leading causes of death here in America. Right. Are and we going to get better by having... Yeah, we'll get better by having more practitioners. We'll get better by having people have to compete. If you have a doctor... Yes. Um, you know, going to a personal story of mine, my wife was almost killed during heart surgery oh and God. it's not a rare occurrence at this place. I didn't realize it. I just expected, I have a hospital right down the road from my house. They said that they could do this. They said it's a routine operation. They're just going to put a plug in her heart and she's going to be good. Nope. Sure enough. They're going in and they put the plug in and there's not enough heart there. The plug goes through, clogs up her artery, and it's there for like 20 minutes as they're trying to fish it out of her. Thankfully, uh, they were able to, to bring her back and, and you know she was able to get open heart surgery a couple months later. But we did not go back to the same place. We went to Mass General Hospital in Boston, Massachusetts. A huge, huge campaign, which I can't thank everybody enough for, for helping out on that. Um, but I... I tell everybody, I say, if you have any kind of a, of a surger, surgical need, I wouldn't trust the people around us. I wouldn't trust these facilities around us. I would rather you drive two hours, three hours, four hours, take a plane somewhere else. Don't use them. But government stands directly in the way of us having a competitor in this area for performing heart surgeries. And so it's these things that stand directly in our way. And, and I realize you're trying to, you're trying to break away from this conversation, but it's it, no, no, good. Um, but this is, this is the thing is like, we all have lives. We all have to go through these hardships. And when government stands in your way of you being able to live out your best days without you being able to, to have affordable healthcare, without you being able to have accessible, good healthcare, 
um, as soon as you get government out of the way, you will have competition. There will be bad doctors. There will be great doctors. Yeah. And the thing is, is right now we live in a world where people are concerned about cancel culture. Cancel culture is an economic response in so many ways. If I see a bad doctor, I'm canceling him. He is no longer in my address book. He's no longer in my phone book. He's no longer on, on my recommendations. And I will spread the word to each and every person that I meet. Yes. 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 Yes, word of mouth is still the number one form of success or unsuccess of any business yes. by far. And it will always remain that way. Challenge me on that. Not you. I know you <laughs> don't. I'm saying literally in the age of information where you have information encyclopedias at the click of an effing button and still today. Word of mouth, trust amongst certain businesses spread throughout the community is the number one form of success in business still today. That will never die. It won't ever die. And yeah, don't, don't no, look, uh, this, this is, an, this is such an important topic. Don't, uh, don't apologize for trying to get away from it or, or for me what? saying I was trying no, don't ever apologize for that. This is incredibly important. One more thing on this. So if you, if if anyone out there doesn't believe in just what we were talking about there at the end with the cancel culture and the word of mouth, um, how many people are willing to have Amber Heard come over and hang out on their bed after she had some talk about <laughs> I mean, <laughs> without social media, nobody would have known that reference. But I'm sure people are laughing right now just like you are because we are, we have so much at our fingertips. Yep. Everybody knows you're going to go to a party one time. If you go back in time, you know, and you might drop a herd on somebody, you know, it, it, it's just there because now we have so many, so many things accessible to us. Use it for good. Um, when people do you wrong, when yes. surgeons, when surgeons, hospitals, restaurants, right. I tell my rest, my friends, if I see a cockroach in a place, I'm like, Hey, hey, hey wait until they get a new inspection before you go back to that place. You know, um, we, ha we are our own keepers. And so we have to do that within our own society. So all these things are, are social issues that government decides to come in with the heavy hand of legislation to try to handle. And as a result, societal issues get worse and the legislation continues to grow. Yeah. And look, this is the issue that I have specifically. Look, we, we all know that Democrats or I, I hate even using that term because I don't really feel like Democrats even exist anymore. But um, let's just say the Democrat Party. They don't care about that. All right. They don't care about that. Republicans are scrambling trying to figure it out. And they're terrible at it, as they have always been. That's why we've been stuck in this cyclical nightmare of this is the most important election of our lifetime and you must vote Republican or Democrat. This is why we land here because I mean, can I say it any better than that? Really? Honestly? Yeah. Yeah. That's why they continue to barrel it down your throat. And I know that we're speaking to kind of preaching to the choir here, but there's a lot of people yeah. that are going to come across this podcast that may be Republican or they may be Democrat, and maybe they're hearing this for the first time. So I want them to fully understand that we're being fooled by both sides. 
And all that we're doing by continuing the duopoly process is eliminating the idea of market, right? Yep. The idea of let's have everybody say their opinions, their political philosophies on all fronts, and let's see who we might can move forward with. That's why I tweeted at Elon Musk right after he bought Twitter, which my Twitter went crazy after yeah, um, he bought it, by the way. I, I was so floored. I, I've <laughs> literally been bragging on Twitter or, or bragging about Twitter, sorry, about how that's the only platform where I haven't gotten flags or censorship on. And then all of a sudden in 48 hours, I get like hundreds of, I think it was over yeah. 500 followers and triple the activity on my platform overnight. So obviously they were being, I was being censored over there. It's, it's incredibly insane. They're pre- paper shredding over there, but that's the entire issue. Literally at, at this point, what we're looking at is freedom of speech because look, Oh, thank you. Morgan Dow. Yeah. It's it's wild. It's crazy. I mean, yeah. I, I'm floored. I, I'm kind of disappointed, floored, insanely happy. I, I don't know what to feel about, to be honest it's with a, you. It's, a, it's right. an insane experience right now in Twitter world. Yeah, very much. Very much so. But that, that, that censorship and that marketplace of ideas, which I firmly believe, and this is, I, I swear to God, I'm not being biased here. The reason I came to the Libertarian Party and the Libertarian Movement and the Anarchist Movement was because of common sense. But the fact that our ideas and our voices have been squashed more than anyone else's. Conservatives, they look, they have a valid argument right now. But what I would say to you, dear GOP Republican conservatives, is welcome to the show. Because... This has been something that we've dealt with for a long time. And you're responsible for that. 100% 50-50. Okay? 50% Democrat, 50% Republican. This is your fault. And now you're dealing with the consequences from decisions that you made. I'm talking about Republican politicians and Republican voters that went along with, this is the most important election of our lifetime. Now, look where we're at. Look where we're at. When, whenever they say this is the most important election of our lifetime, just respond with that's why I'm voting for change. <laughs> that's why I'm voting for something Facts. different. Because uh, it's so incredibly disingenuous whenever, and hopefully the Ministry of Truth will get on this, but it's so incredibly <laughs> disingenuous when, when Republicans say it's all the Democrats' fault or when Democrats say it's all the Republicans' fault. No, it's all the Republicrats' fault. And as long as they're in power, these things will continue to grow. Because um, just like what we were talking about earlier with the Ministry of Truth, when the Ministry of Truth came in, originally the Republicans were like, this is terrible. And then they're like, wait a minute, we yep. get to wield it later? I can't exactly. wait to nominate this person. I can't wait to nominate this person. No, get Bad ideas are bad. It doesn't matter who has them. When it comes to good governance, when it comes to good practice, when it, uh, practice, when it comes to good policy, these things stand alone, and it doesn't matter who wields them. When you enact legislation, this is the thing that Democrats and Republicans don't understand um, when they do enact it, is that 
you are giving powers that your enemy will eventually hold. Now, us as libertarians, of course, our enemies are the government. So whenever you empower the government, here we go. And I'm not saying enemies as in like we hate the people of government. No, we hate the authority of government to create arbitrary laws, to create um, to enumerate themselves with an arbitrary powers to be able to govern over us. And that's been one of the biggest things that we've, we've been struggling yeah. with over the last couple of years. And, and it takes so long for the judicial system to come through and fight for us. But at the end of the day, like we have to look at these policies and we say, no, it's, it's not good. It's not good. Now it's not good when you wield it. It's not going to be good when they wield it. It's just plainly not good. And that's why I'm voting for libertarians. That's why I'm voting green party. That's why I'm voting independent. That's why I'm voting whatever you're voting, but you're not voting for the duopoly because we have to actually let them know that they are not governing in our way. Um, you know, we, we, we talked a little bit about Democrats pushing further left. And I would argue that even Republicans are pushing further left because, Absolutely. you know, as, as more people are getting left, behind by the democrat party they're jumping in as you said and so those left republicans fill the ranks and now the the republican party fills the left and so i think it was michael malice was talking about a republican is nothing but a democrat but 20 years later and that was just the idea that you know democrats are speeding away and dem or republicans are just driving away at the speed limit both of these people are both of these entities are driving away from you. They're leaving you in the dust. They're leaving you stranded and scraping to get by. They don't care about you. We can see this with the fiscal policy that we saw under Trump. We can see this under the fiscal policy under under Biden. We can see how they say somehow spending more money, printing more money, being fraudulent with the way that they're spending our money somehow these ways are not going to create more inflation as inflation continues to climb. We see this in the healthcare. We see this in, in education. We see this in the criminal justice system. We see big promises on the campaign trail. They come in and they say, nah, it's not really my thing. Sorry about that. I I'm sorry for anybody who believed Joe Biden on the criminal justice reform. This was thin blue line <laughs> the whole time. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> it's that is hilarious. That you know what? That's a freaking mic drop right there. That's incredible. Um, Jason, we're a little over an hour here. We got a couple of more topics to cover. We're gonna save them because okay. they're so incredibly important. And I am um I want I want to make sure we spend the time on them that, that they need to spend on. I was actually gonna lead off with it. So I'm giving y'all okay, what's called a radio teaser. So next time Jason and I, hopefully next week or the week after um, we get back together, we're going to cover some extraordinarily, quote unquote, controversial topics. But I want them to be covered with time and love and care and information and, and, and nuance. And so I yeah. don't want to go at one hour and seven and a half minutes to start this. So, um, Jason, will you please let everyone know where they can follow you, how they can support, support you, what you need. Exactly. Please, sir. Yeah. So thank you so much, Cajun, for, for having me back on, man. It's always a pleasure to be here. Love you so much. Um, you guys can always find me on Facebook, Jason Lyon. Of course, uh, you see my name right there, there, uh, there we go. Got it. Um, you can find me on Facebook. You'll find me in, in some of the libertarian groups. You can always find me on Muddy Waters Media. Uh, I've got my show Fridays at 2 p.m. Eastern, uh, doing a deep dive into a specific topic with, with guests, whether it's on activism and 
uh, in action, such as today, where I had uh, the one and only um, Will Henry, as well as Elizabeth Coquillard. Um, fantastic conversation there. But we do this every week, Fridays, 2 p.m. Eastern. You can find me on Twitter at Mr. Bearded Truth, where you know you'll get my shit hot takes, and uh, some of them are good, some of them they're shit. So take it for what you will. Um, uh, but you know, it's it's been an incredible time with you again, Cajun. I love coming out here, just being able to to hit those events. Um, uh, you know, we had this big this big plan of we're gonna hit these five topics, and then we hit <laughs> we hit the first one out of order, and then we just ran with it. So it's been yeah. It's always incredible. We don't even know what's going to come up, but uh, it's always a yeah. pleasure, and I'm so glad to share the time with you. Jason, you're uh, you're an amazing person. Um, you're an amazing dad, an amazing activist. You're an amazing podcaster, and I love you very much, man. Uh, I can't thank you enough for coming on. Uh, you're you're one of the handful of people, and when I say handful, I mean like maybe three that I want to have on here habitually consistently to talk about what's going on in the world events. And I can't thank you enough for coming on the show, dude. You're, you're absolutely incredible. You're in intellectual, you have moral standards, you have intellectual standards and you have no, no insufficiency of being able to articulate your points and, you're uh, make a grown man blush. I was gonna say that just because your beard isn't as good as mine, you're still absolutely phenomenal and you're a great friend. Phoenix, of mine. come get Thank your boy. You. Phoenix, get your boy. <laughs> <laughs> you're always amazing. And, and dude, if I had like a real radio program, I'd have you on every freaking week, every week. No question. I appreciate that so much. You are as a regular a guest on this show as any show does have a regular guest. And I appreciate you so much, dude. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much, man. Yeah, can't wait to have you again, dude. See you soon. Absolutely. Man, absolutely freaking incredible. It's just always amazing with this guy. Like, there may be a bit of a bromance there. That's fine. Who cares? It doesn't matter. The point that matters is the education and the intellectualism and, and the coercion when it comes to being able to look at, dissect, and dissolve some of these issues. This guy's right on. This guy's right on. And for some reason, we just have that chemistry. We connect. And we bring it out of each other. And when I tell you there's some incredibly controversial and amazing and intellectual topics that we didn't even get a chance to get into or scratch the surface of, and I mean that wholeheartedly, yeah, that's for real. So please go follow him on Twitter, uh, Mr. Murica, The Bearded Truth. Follow him on Facebook, Jason Line. I know Facebook's kind of like a dying thing right now. And Twitter's exploding so let's get this man pumped up on Twitter because obviously he has a voice that needs to be heard. So again, Jason, you're the man, bro. I love you. You are absolutely fantastic. Thank you for coming on the show. And so um, for the rest of y'all that want to follow me and on other platforms, 
Apple Podcasts, Google, Google Podcasts, um, Spotify. If you can, please and do leave me a five-star and a review on those platforms. Help me bump up. Even if you hate the show, just help me out because I'm a poor and I need help. And because I have great people that aren't retarded, like Jason on, who's absolutely intelligent and magnificent. So if you like what I have going on, leave me the reviews. Leave me the five stars. Donate if you can. Give me your contributions to the show, right? You can email me, thecajunlibertarian at gmail.com. If you want something read on the air, do it. Let's find it. Let's get it done. An absolutely amazing episode. This is one of those instances where, quite literally, um, Jason says, thank you all for checking us out tonight. Oh, man. Uh, th- this is a guy that I could have a three-hour show with, right? I mean, literally, we, we could probably co-host a three-hour AM radio show on, and it'd be wildly, wildly successful. This is how important this guy's voice is. So please check him out. Don't forget to follow him on Twitter. Support him how you can. Check me out if you want to. Other than that, I will see y'all very soon. Actually, Monday. Same Cajun time, same Cajun channel. I've got some breaking news and some very hot topics to cover. And some of those I will wait for Jason so that we can dissect them together in an atmosphere of intellectualism and just plain common sense, y'all. I love you. I love each and every one of y'all very, very much. I will see you Monday night. Same Cajun time, same Cajun channel, and I'm out.